Uh, so good to see uh, you folks in the room here. Just a, a delight. And uh, for those of you joining online, uh, great to uh, worship with you. And I long for the day when I can see more faces uh, in this space. Now, when we worship together, we don't worship just to give our attention to God. We, we also worship to give our attention to one another. And I want us to give us an opportunity to just welcome and, uh, and recognize each other's presence in this room. And so don't stand up. Just turn around, wave, do a Wakanda forever, a smile. Those of you online, on the chat section, just say hello. Welcome everyone in the chat section. But worship is a big part of recognizing our presence, not just the presence of God in this place. Amen. Wakanda forever to you and to all of you in this place here. Wonderful. For those of you who are uh, joining us online and those of you in this room, uh, my name is Rich. I'm the lead pastor of New Life Fellowship, and we have been uh, in a series of teachings uh, focusing on the church. But before I get into that, the reason why we're gathering here in a socially distanced kind of a way is because this is our soft opening. And what that very simply means is for four weeks this summer, we are assessing just uh, what is it like to gather together? What's our response to the church? And are people looking to get back together? And, and what would it look like from a logistical perspective to make things happen along these lines? And so for four weeks, this is week number two, we have people in the room and it's just uh, a delight to have people in the room and, and sing together and, and raise our voices before the Lord. And we're going to do it for two more weeks and then after that, we're going to take about a month off to, uh, in terms of our in-person gathering, to, uh, to assess, to pray, to discern in light of what's going on, our, going on in our city, what's the best thing to do in the fall. But this is kind of our way of a soft opening to help us prepare for the fall. And I mentioned last week, I'll mention it again, that there are really three options that are before us in the fall. The first option is we will gather in this way, with one service at 1030, simultaneously live streaming our service. The second option is that we would have two services on Sunday, like this here, but different times, obviously, and then continue our 1030 service. But then the third option is we feel it's just the best thing to do to worship, again, uh, online exclusively. And so I want to let you know ahead of time that those are the three options that we might have. And as the staff and our elders come together, we will make that decision uh, sometime uh, at the end of August, beginning of September and all that there. So uh, just to give you uh, up to speed, keep you up to speed as to what is going on. Now, I'm excited about this series. I think this sermon series is really important for the life of our congregation uh, about the church, you know, being a community of Jesus followers. And over six weeks, we're going to be looking at six different metaphors of what it means to be the church. What does it mean to be the church? And last week, we focused on the church as the, the, the family of God. Today, we're going to focus on the church as the body of Christ. What does it mean? We use the phrase all the time, the body of Christ. But what does it mean that the church is the body of Christ. And so I want to preach here. And for those of you uh, online, if the Holy Spirit is moving in your heart here, uh, feel free to throw an emoji up there in the chat section, all right? I can't hear you, but the people around you, if, you see, if I'm speaking fire, throw a fire emoji, okay? If I said something that goes out, you put a hand over your face. And for those of you in this room, I can't see your faces really in terms of your reactions. But if the Spirit's moving, wave at me, okay? Throw a thumbs up, wink at me, and all that so I get, so I get a sense as to what's going on in this room. So uh, 
We're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse number 12 uh, through verse 20. You can follow along on the screen, but hear the word of the Lord. Stick with me. There's a, there's a good chunk of passage of scripture that I want you to see. Paul's words, uh, beginning in verse number 12. Paul says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we all were baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, that's just a, that's just a nasty looking body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, another interesting picture there, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Amen. Lord, thank you for your word and what it means to be the church. Lord, speak to us now in this room and those watching online, and may we get a fresh revelation as to what it means to be the body of Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever had a pain in a small area of your body, but it made the rest of your body miserable. Anyone know what I'm talking about? A pain in the small area of your body, but it just made everything else miserable. Earlier this year, I noticed that my left pinky toe was bothering me a bit. And at first, it was just an annoyance. But soon after, days and weeks went on, it became a disturbance. It became a disruption. And I remember actually early before the pandemic hit, walking on this platform here, limping a little bit, trying to conceal my limp before somebody goes, Pastor, what's going on? I was concealing my limp a little bit. But it started to get progressively worse. And the pain on my toe began to get so great that it impacted the way that I walked impacted the speed with which I walked. I remember uh, walking or rather limping on Queens Boulevard and I was walking so slow, almost like this here, down Queens Boulevard. And I know it was bad when an old man with a cane just zoomed right by me. I mean, he was just like moving. I was like, this is a bad sign. I, I better get to the doctor. And so I see the doctor and he met, lets me know that this was a terrible toe infection. And the challenge it was, it started with the toe, but because my limp started getting more intense, my knee started hurting. 
And because my knee was walking in a certain way, I was overcompensating in different ways when my back started hurting. And it started with my toe, it went to my knee, messed with my hip, got to my back, my neck was all messed up, got a headache, and next thing you know, it started with the toe. Amen. And then my whole body was damaged as well. And the doctor let me know that, yeah, this, it could start so small, but it has a way of permeating the rest of the body. And it was in that moment that I was reminded of the unity of the body. That if one thing doesn't work, everything else at some point will get compromised. And this truth is not just related to our individual bodies. This truth is related to our collective body. And the Bible calls us, the church, the body of Christ, that we are so intricately connected to one another. And this is what we have to keep reminding ourselves over and over and over again throughout the course of this series. Last week, I mentioned that the church is not an event. The church is not a location. The church is not a product. The church is not an experience. Amen. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the family of God. And we are to note how intricately connected we are to one another. And we are to experience this connection and express this connection to the world around us. And I'm concerned. I was concerned last week and I'm concerned this week again. That in the middle of this pandemic, people are slowly drifting away from life in the church. And I'm not talking about just people stop watching Sunday services and such. I'm referring to the drifting of relationships. The drifting of a theological vision that Jesus had for the church. The drifting of a spiritual companionship that God has invited us to walk in. Brothers and sisters, part of one body. And so we need Paul's help this week to remind us who we are and what it means to be followers of Jesus. We are the body of Christ. And so Paul writes these words to the church at Corinth. And in chapter 12, he's trying to set some things theologically straight. Now, the church at Corinth had a lot of drama. And every time I read about the problems in this church, I get encouraged. Amen. I get encouraged because I realize that problems at New Life are not unique to New Life. (laughs) That the church has had problems since the very beginning. And so every time I read the Bible and I go, look at the mess in this church. I'm able to go to sleep pretty well thinking I'm not alone in this. And we are not alone in this. The church has had drama for centuries upon centuries upon centuries. This church in particular at Corinth had many problems. They had problems as it pertained to their understanding of unity. They had political problems, problems regarding sexuality, problems regarding marriage. They were suing each other. They were having all kinds of incestuous relationships. I mean, this church was in a really bad place. They argued about everything. They didn't see eye to eye on most things. But Paul wants them to know, even though you have all these kinds of challenges and problems, you are still connected. And let me tell you how connected you really are. You are a body, but not just anybody. You are the body of Christ. And so in verse 13, Paul says these words. He says, for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. 
Now, Paul has to say these words, baptized into one body, because the church had created hierarchies as to who was important and who was not. The church had created uh, uh, categories as to who was valuable and who were to be treated as dispensable. There were some who were seen as important and some seen as an afterthought. And in particular, in this chapter, Paul is talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He says the Holy Spirit has given gifts to the church. But what began to happen was people started seeing certain gifts as up here and certain gifts as down here. The challenge is you cannot disconnect the gift from the person. And so what began to happen is the person who had a particular gift was seen as up here. And a person who did not have that gift was seen down here. And it began to create hierarchies and began to create categories as to who was in and who was out. Who was important and who was not. And Paul says, this is absolutely wrong. And in verse 21, this is what he says. He says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. He's saying, church, you are a body. And you can't function correctly if you don't realize that we need each other to flourish. Amen. I'm reminded reminded of, of the great words of Howard Thurman. Howard Thurman was one of Dr. King's mentors and one of the great black mystics of the 20th century. And Howard Thurman says these words. He says, when I have lost harmony with another, my whole life is thrown out of tune. We know that to be true. When you lose harmony with your spouse, when you lose harmony with your child, when you lose harmony with a, a relative, when you lose harmony with a coworker, when you lose harmony with a neighbor, your entire life is thrown out of tune. And so Paul says we need one another. And to be a body means we have to resist the temptation of hierarchy, resist the temptation of isolation, Resist the temptation of division. And we must recognize that Paul's word to this church at Corinth is God's word to us this morning. We must recognize that we are not in our individual selves. We are not all there is to the body of Christ. And Paul's word to the church is God's word to us. The church is never to be built on a select group of gifts. The church is never to be established on the charisma or on the anointing of one person or a handful of people. The church is not the church because we get to get on the stage here and do what we do and put a service together. The church is not to be built on a particular moment. The church is not to be built on a select group of people. The church is to be built on the foundation of Jesus Christ and recognizing that we are all a body and all have something to offer. And so it's never to be built on one gift, never to be built on someone's anointing, never to be built on someone's personality. The church is built on Jesus Christ. And Paul's word to that church at Corinth is God's word to us as well. Because we have a tendency to measure, to exclude, to isolate, to regard some as important and regard others as dispensable. Surely we'll never, never say it that way. But subconsciously, 
We have a way of categorizing and creating hierarchies. Moreover, what begins to happen, and Paul uses this definition of the body, he says, you're not to create hierarchies, nor are you to see yourself as an individual apart from the church. And Paul has to say that because throughout the centuries, and you could argue that it's most intense today, there are teachings that you can be a Christian without the church. Now listen to me here. Some of you are going to put question marks already on that chat here. I, I, already, I already see the question marks. Some people think you can be a Christian without the church. And let me clarify what I mean here. Can someone be saved without attending a church? Absolutely. Can someone be in relationship with Christ outside of belonging to a particular church? Yes. But don't think for a moment that this is supposed to be the norm. Don't think for one moment that this is supposed to be what is to characterize the people of God. What is to characterize the people of God is we are joined to a body, the body of Christ, and we belong to one another. This reminds me, there are times where I see somebody wearing a shirt, I'll see it on TV, and I pray no one's wearing that shirt in here or online here, but the TV, the shirt goes, I am the church. Oh, that's a nice t-shirt, but it's bad theology, I want to tell you. And people have it. No one's wearing that here. We're good. We're good. No one online here. Uh, burn it in the name of Jesus, all right? Uh, it's nice. It's nice. It's a nice shirt, but it's bad theology because I'm not the church, and you're not the church. We are the church. We are the church. In our unity, we are the church. As a body, we are the church. And Paul's word is to resist the way of isolation, resist the way of hierarchy, resist the way of division. I'm concerned that we are at a moment where it feels like the body of Christ is being dismembered. When you look at the division, the political divisions, the racial tensions, the economic realities, the theological disagreements. It often feels as if the body of Christ is being dismembered, being torn apart from one another. I feel like what we're doing is we're cutting off fingers and cutting off arms and saying, I want nothing to do with you. But Paul says, no, 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 to be part of the body of Christ means you don't have the privilege to do that. We are a body. And Paul wants the church to know they are not just anybody, they are the body of Christ. And listen to how remarkable this is. God in God's mercy joins us to Christ, joins us to his body. And this is a mystery. I like what Dietrich Bonhoeffer says. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, great German theologian, he says it along these lines, that the church is not a religious community of worshipers of Christ, but hear this, but Christ himself who has taken form among people. Oh, I mean, this quote, you need to sit with this quote for an hour and just stare after you read it. The church is not a religious community of worshipers of Christ, but is Christ himself 
who has taken form among people. From time to time, my, my six-year-old son Nathan says, Daddy, where's Jesus? And it's, and it's a theologically complicated answer. Because the answer to that question is, where is Jesus? Well, he's at the right hand of the Father. Where is Jesus? Well, he lives in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Where is Jesus? But here's the third thing we often don't see. Where is Jesus? He's taken form among us. Christ himself has taken form among his people. This is the mystery of the church. And it becomes even more mysterious when you see the historic failures of the church. When I look at the church and our failures and our inconsistencies and our sins, I often wonder, how does God stay connected to us? Because if I were God and I go, look at the mess of these people, I need to find a different kind of people. I need to find a better people, a more consistent people, a more uh, holy people, a more a people who pray, a people who know how to love. But 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 he doesn't cut us off. He identifies with us even in our sin, even in our inconsistency, even in our addictions. God in Christ identifies with his people. And listen, God at any point can say, I don't want to exist without you. I don't want to live with you. I don't need you. And yet God refuses to say, I don't need you. God refuses to exist without us. This is the grace of God. God says, I I refuse to exist without you. I refuse to exist without the people of God. He's connected us in grace to Jesus Christ. We are to be his body in the world, and this is remarkable news, but what does it mean to give expression to this in the world? And I want to give you just four things for this week for you to chew on, for you to reflect on, and if, you're, if you are at home, if you're in here with a journal or something on your phone, I want you to take some notes here because I want you to focus on four uh, implications of what it means to be the body of Christ and how the Holy Spirit is speaking to you at this very moment. What does it mean to be the body of Christ? What does it mean for us tomorrow when we wake up? The first thing I want to share with you is that to be the body of Christ means that we all have a part to play. We all have a part to play. We all have unique stories. We all have a unique journey. We all have particular gifts, particular pain, particular areas of brokenness, particular trauma, particular trouble, a particular family we came from. And God wants to use all of that to be a gift to the world that you have a part to play. And the concern that I have is in a moment that we're in right now where there's so much social distancing and so much technological uh, distancing as well and such that we can find ourselves thinking, I don't have any part to play. What do I need to do for the church? 
But I want to let you know that you have a part to play. There is something you can do. I just, I was talking to Pastor Matt just the other day. If we want to disciple kids, we want to in this moment do the best that we can to serve our children, our elementary school. You have a part to play. For some of you, you're gifted in that area. And for some of you, you don't have to leave your house to be with a bunch of kids. Amen, somebody. I mean, you can do it from your home. You have a part to play. For some of us, we're trying to build community. And I recognize that in the church, our size That we must work hard to create smaller communities so that we recognize I belong to someone, I know someone, and I'm known by someone. Some of you have a gift, pastoral gifts. You're not a pastor. You never went to seminary, but you are a pastor. And you know how to gather people. And you know how to counsel people. And you know how to pray for people. And you know how to care for people. It just might be that God is going to use this moment to, to, to give expression to those gifts. Because we all have a part to play. That's the first thing. And I want you to be listening to the Holy Spirit this week. What is my part to play this week? And what is my part to play moving forward? What does it mean to utilize the gifts for the service of others? That's the first thing. But the second thing I want you to notice is this. Not just we have a, all have a part to play, but we are part of something bigger than ourselves. What does it mean to be the body of Christ? That we are part of something bigger than ourselves. Now, when Paul talks about the body of Christ, he's talking about it, you could infer, in at least three ways. He's talking about the body of Christ in a local expression, in a global expression, and in a historic expression. And so to talk about the body of Christ means you have to talk about it locally, globally, and historically. When I talk about locally, I'm talking about God desires that we are connected to a particular group of people locally. That to be part of a local church means that we are connecting our stories and our lives to one another. And one of the greatest things you can do for your spiritual health is to belong to a local church. For those of you who are wandering right now online, you're in kind of spiritual exile. You're wondering, what's the church to me? I want to tell you one of the greatest spiritual things you can do for your life is to connect yourself with a local church. But the challenge is in this pandemic, we have become so decentralized and we're at a distance that even with the gift of technology, technology is also revealing some of the limits. And the limits is that that we can now be everywhere and nowhere. I recognize in this moment over the past four months that there's a lot of flirting going around in the church. Let me explain what I mean. A lot of flirting going around in the church. I recognize that there are people who are tuning in right now who don't belong to New Life Fellowship Church that are flirting, watching this service. Amen, somebody. I see you. Uh, uh, They're they're flirting uh, with the worship and flirting with the sermon, and and that's all good. And I, listen, I know for a fact that there are new lifers, amen, who are flirting with other churches (laughs) and and watching other sermons and all that. I get it. I get it. I get it. We're We're all flirting here. But the challenge is we could find ourselves everywhere but nowhere. But to be a body means that there must be a local identity. Who knows you? Who do you know? 
We're not just here for religious goodies. The church is not just an event. The church is not just a product. The church is not just an experience. The church is a people. And we're not just here to get religious goodies. We're here to worship God and, be, and see God in one another and encounter God through one another. And so to be the body of Christ means there's a local expression, but there's also a global expression. That to use Paul's language that he talks about the body needing one another, and that needs to be seen globally. Listen, the, the evangelical church can never say to the Orthodox church, the Eastern Orthodox church, I don't need you. Presbyterians cannot say to Pentecostals, I don't need you. The American church dare not say to the church in Asia and the church of Africa and the church in Latin America, I don't need you. The Catholic church cannot say to the Anglican church, I don't need you. We might do church differently. We might have different expressions of it, but we are the body of Christ. We have been baptized into his name. And so to say we are part of the body of Christ is not just a local expression, it's a global expression. We're part of something bigger than ourselves, globally. And so it's, it's local, it's global, then it's historic as well. To say we're part of the body of Christ means that this transcends uh, space and time. That the church did not start in America. <laughs> I, I don't know if this is revelation for some of you, but, but the church did not start in America. The church did not start in Europe. The church did not start with the Protestant Reformation. The church started 2,000 years ago when the Holy Spirit came down on a bunch of uh, uh, followers of Jesus in a Middle Eastern town in this upper room. And the Spirit came down and said, this is where the church is going to be launched. Which is why, brothers and sisters, you'll see me quoting people from all kinds of traditions. Pastor Rich, why are you quoting Catholics? Because they're my brothers and sisters. Why are you quoting Presbyterians? Because they're my brothers and sisters. Why are you quoting Reformed people? Because they're my brothers and sisters. Why are you quoting Quakers? Because they're my brothers and sisters. Why are you quoting? Because they are my brothers and sisters. And does it mean that we're going to see eye to eye and everything? No, absolutely not. But we are a body. We belong to a local church. We are part of a global church. We're part of a historic church. This is what it means to be the body of Christ. Thirdly, to say we are the body of Christ means that the well-being of my brother or sister determines my well-being. If Anthony's hurt, to be in the body of Christ means I'm hurt. If Willie's hurt, it means to be in the body of Christ, I'm hurt. If Monique is hurt, I, I saw you online, Monique. If Monique is hurt... That means I am to be hurt as well. Now, in our society, what tends to happen is we see that someone's hurt and we go, oh, I'm, I'm so bad for you. I'm so, I'll be praying for you. But to be in the body means that if someone's hurting, that I should be hurting as well. If my toe was hurting, which made my knee hurt, which made my back hurt and my neck hurt, that we're so connected to the well-being of my brother or sister determines my well-being as well. This is what it means to be the body, which is why we pay attention to areas of injustice. Why we pay attention to areas of sin in the world when people are being sinned against. Why? Because if you're hurting and we're part of the same body, that means I'm hurting as well. Lastly, what does it mean that we're part of the body of Christ, that we are the presence of Christ 
in the world. The very presence. Remember that Bonhoeffer quote. We are the presence of Christ in the world. And the world longs to see the presence of Christ in the world. I heard the story of a little boy who was terrified one night during a big thunderstorm. And frightened, he, he called out from his room, Daddy, I'm scared. And his father, not wanting to get out of bed, this is not an, uh, a personal uh, story, uh, he, he said, Son, don't worry. God loves you and will take care of you. You know, the father just went back to bed there. And there was a moment of silence, and the little boy shouted back out, I know God loves me, but right now I need somebody who has skin on. <laughs> Amen. I know God loves but I want to I, I see somebody right now. I want to touch somebody right now. I want to hear somebody right now. And I want to tell you, this is what the world is longing for. The church says, God loves you. And we go, they go, I know, but I want to see it. I want to feel it. I want to hear it. And we are the presence of Christ in this world. I want to end with this quote. Uh, St. Teresa of Avila said these words. She says, Christ has no body but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands. Yours are the feet. Yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on the world. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. May we take these words seriously. That we, as the collective people of God, are the body of Christ. And the good news of Christianity is this. God loved us so much that God put skin on. The world is crying, where is God? God said, I'm going to tell you how much I love you. I'm going to put skin on. The word became flesh and dwells among us, dies for us, resurrects, sends his spirit, and says, now I'm commissioning you to be my body in this world. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the gift of your spirit that makes us one. Thank you, Lord, for the ways you've baptized us in Jesus into his body. And Lord, the holy privilege it is to be your tangible presence in the world. What a miracle, what a mystery. And may we take these words seriously, Lord, in our individual and in our collective expression. May the world see the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. 
Thank you for the gift of your love. May we listen to your spirit and walk in obedience from this day forward. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand in this room. And for those of you watching online, maybe if you're sitting, just stand for a moment. I want to bless you. Pastor Jackie's going to come up in a moment. So after I give the benediction, she'll give some instructions to some of us in here. At the end of our service, we have our, our, our virtual lobby. For those of you online, if you want to just connect with a pastor or someone, uh, click on that link there. We'd love to connect with you in that space. Um, I want to give an invitation for those of you watching, and even if you're in this room here, an invitation to, to follow Christ. To, to be part of Christ's body is not about attending a church service. You don't become part of Christ's body by watching a service. You don't become part of Christ's body by doing good things and being a good person. You become part of Christ's body through faith in Jesus, by trusting in his love, trusting in his grace. And today, if you're sensing, I want to be part of the body of Christ. I long to be welcomed into the family of God. I long to live in the newness of life. Would you say yes to Christ? Very simply, you could text the phrase yes to Jesus if you're watching right now and to that number that's on that screen. And if something's drawing you to a relationship with God, to the forgiveness and the grace of God, just text that phrase and one of our pastors will be in contact with you. But don't leave this moment if you're sensing God tugging you and pulling you to be part of the body of Christ. As we close, let me invite you to open your hands towards heaven to receive a blessing. Those of you watching online, open your hands as well. And with your hands and your hearts in a posture of receiving, brothers and sisters, and sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and fill you with peace. And may you walk out of this building and out of this online gathering in the power of the Holy Spirit, recognizing that we belong to one another, recognizing that you are part of something bigger than yourself, recognizing how interconnected we truly are in Christ. And may you be the very presence of Jesus to the world around you. I bless you all in the strong and the beautiful. In the resurrected name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Uh, grace and peace to you all. See you soon.